Oh man, thanks Jimmy. Morning everyone. We're uh, a couple of weeks into a series entitled The Church That Cares. Thinking about the the nature of pastoral care. How do we care for one another uh, within the church? We're going to take a little look at uh, the reading that uh, Jan read to us from 1 Peter 5. Where Peter uh, himself, uh, having encountered Jesus, being brought by uh, Andrew, his brother being the one as part of the disciples who was probably the most vocal, got himself into the most trouble, denied Jesus the most, reinstated from some distance, and the the person uh, that pursued uh, Jesus uh, even into all that the book of Acts contains about the early church. So here's the context that we're thinking about this morning. This is a, a letter written by Peter, obviously, because it carries his name. He's writing it to a bunch of Christians all over what we now know as the northern part of Turkey. Uh, Bunches of churches that were gathered there that Peter was writing to. We know that they were first generation Christians, so they had no historical link to the Christian faith. They'd become Christians and were now learning from Peter as he wrote this letter to various congregations. And we know from history that this was a church under persecution. Uh, Nero's persecution was in full flow. And Peter writing to a church that was, that was under attack. And we'll come back to that in a little bit. So this morning I want us to talk a little bit about the shepherd's call. Just a reminder of uh, why we are here. One of the things that for us is absolutely vital in any church that is over a certain size is how do we care for one another in a way that's going to work. They reckon uh, that when a church gets to about a hundred plus people, you've got problems with there being just a leader. Anything beyond that, you start to need to replicate leadership and encourage people to step up and lead for themselves. Our church is uh, beyond the 300 mark which means that old models of the way that the church used to work no longer function. That's partly why there's a staff team, there's a leadership team, there's a finance team, there's a, a, a team of people who help doing sides duty, there's a team of wardens, there's now even a team of assistant wardens. Thank you for those of you that have stepped up to that one. Uh, more of that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you get the picture. There's something of team that's really, really important. And in any church where there are a number of people, the question is always, how do we care for one another in a way that works, in a way that functions well? And uh, you may have heard Julie say a few weeks ago that as we've been thinking about this and a number of folks that have been part of a pastoral care team thinking through this very issue, there's been a picture of a net that's been shared and given at various times. By net, I mean uh, like a big fishing net thing. Uh, And that picture, I think, is a helpful one because a net catches people. Uh, I mean, a net catches fish, of course, primarily. But in this context, a net catches people. People are drawn in to that picture of a net. A net carries. It holds a number of fish in one place and they carry them forward, they bring them in. And ultimately that net is a picture also of protection. 
Uh, although I guess for the fish, it's a short-lived protection uh, because they head off um, to the market and eventually onto our plate. But you get the picture. This picture of containment, this next picture of catching, this picture of being carried. And I think it's an expandable picture because the net could be catering for 50 fish or the net could be catering for 200 fish or 300 or 1,000 fish. Whatever the picture is, the numbers, the, the, it works for whatever number of people. And for us as a church, we, we want to get better at catching. We want to get better at carrying. And we want to get better at containing. How do we support one another, look out for each other as the church? And so here, Peter writes to this a whole range of Christian churches, and he says this, Be shepherds. Of God's flock. Do you know, in my role as area dean, I'm, I meet a whole load of church leaders concerned primarily about what they haven't got. We wish we had more people. We wish we had younger people. We wish we had families. We wish we had older people. Often church leaders get themselves in being concerned about what they haven't got. And yet, according to what Peter wrote to these, church, these churches, he said, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. In other words, it's not about being worried about what we haven't got. It's about caring for who we have got. Be shepherds of God's flock for those who are under your care. Any church should grow, but sometimes when we can look over the fence at other places and say, oh, I wish we could do it like that. I wish we had those people. Sometimes we lose the plot in focusing on those that we have got. So Peter says, be shepherds with those that you've already got. And then he says, because you are willing. Do you know you can go a long way with a willing heart? With people who are just willing. Willing to have a go. Willing to step up. Willing to play their part within the life of the church. It's love, I love it when people say, do you know what, I'll give that a go. I was saying to oh, Alex and, An- and Andy and I were having a chat the other day, and one of the things this year, one of the lovely things about the process leading up to the annual meeting and the vision night is that almost everybody I asked to do something said yes. Um, I mean, it doesn't always happen like that, but there is something about... Uh, a, making the right ask, but, but there's also something about people being willing, saying, do you know, yeah, I'll give that a go. doesn't sound too terrifying. You know, what, what is the worst that could happen? A willing heart is a great thing, not because you must, but because you are willing. And so we're called to be, within this context, shepherds of God's flock. Now, there will be a number of people within the church who have a specific function, uh, as, uh, as shepherds, as carers, you know, the, the, the vicar, the uh, assistant ministers, the curates. You know, there'll be a number of people who are, in a sense, by their, their role, uh, encouraged to live as shepherds of God's flock. But I have this sneaking feeling that, it, that within this room, within the church building today, there will be any number of gifts represented, uh, gifts of pastoral care, of evangelism, of the prophetic, of teaching, of, of leading. 
any number of gifts represented in, in this room that aren't just about position. They're about calling and wanting to play our part within God's kingdom. And all God asks of us, I think, is to simply say, do you know, I'm, I'm willing. Uh, I, I offer myself and I'll, I'll give it a go. And so the number of people that help leading life groups, for instance, have a responsibility to, to be carers of God's flock. Not looking across the road at another life group thinking, oh, I wish my group was like theirs. Um, you know, more people, younger people, uh, whatever. We're not called to that. We're called to care for those that we are alongside, that we're with, because we are willing. And willing for what? Willing and eager to serve. You know, as it talks about this, as Peter talks about this and goes on to talk about it, he talks about being, us being servants, that we're to be clothed in humility, to be those who have servant hearts, shepherds of God's flock, because we are eager to serve. And again, that's essential, isn't it? Primarily that we're called to serve the Lord, uh, to want to live for him. That's got to be our primary calling. But alongside that, we're called to serve other people, to, to lay down ourselves for the sake of others, to support and encourage others, those who may be struggling or those that may be under financial constraints or those in need of advice or those in need of a, of a shoulder to cry on or a hand to be held. We are those that can, are eager to serve. And actually, I, th- I think one little serving act at a time changes somebody's life. And one little changing, one little act of service at a time that changes somebody's life can change somebody's family. And one little serving act that changes somebody's life that can change somebody's family can change a community. And one little serving act that changes somebody's life, that changes somebody's family, that changes somebody's community can change a nation. You get the picture. Sometimes we focus on the big, and that's important, but actually one serving act at a time means that a community can be transformed. It's why it's key to what we're about as a church, isn't it? To be a Christian heart at the centre of this community and about serving the community. Why so many people here are invested in that, in serving the community through the preschool and the nursery and the coffee shop and uh, the life groups and all that takes place within the old school rooms and as we project forward to the refurbishment of the church and the building of the church and community centre and giving away 10% of our resources uh, to serve in other parts of the world. We want to be a church that's eager to serve, don't we? Eager to serve. And then how do we do that? Well, we serve by primarily being examples to the flock. I have this sneaking feeling that we learn more by observing other people and by spending time with people than we do from any number of books that we might read. We're called not just to be those that learn for ourselves, but whatever we have learnt, to pass it on to somebody else. I was having a a sneaking thought last night whilst I was um, 
trying to get to sleep. I don't normally have much trouble getting to sleep. I normally hit the pillow and my head goes, I'm just gone. But last night I was thinking, you know, what would it look like for our church if everybody who joined the church, who, who started coming, who went through Alpha, was encouraged by one other person regularly? That sense of, you know, I'll, I'll walk with you for a bit to help you to, to get used to what it's like to be part of the church, but primarily to get used to what it's like to be a Christian. I'll show you how to read the Bible a bit. I'll show you how we could pray. I'll show you how we can reach out. You know, come with us as we go and do this. I have learnt primarily, I think, from the example of others, much more than I've learnt just simply by being told something. Simon, do this, believe this. Well, okay. But when somebody stands alongside you and says, let's do it like this together, you learn an awful lot more. Friday night, football, I learnt a huge amount simply by standing next to the maestro that is Mr. Steve Webb in defence. Um, I was landed in defence next to Steve. And you know, just by being with somebody who knows what they're doing when they're playing football makes a difference to those of us who are absolutely clueless. Um, the example of others makes a difference. It's how we learn. Not just for ourselves, but we're called to be those that pass it on to other people. And if we think our lives couldn't make a difference, why don't you just look at this little story on the screen? The main thing that, that, that we've discovered is the, the friendliness of people. You know, people talk to you, they, they uh, ask you how you are, and, and they do show a lot of genuine uh, concern for you. Uh, and it, it just stands out uh, like a sore thumb, as they say. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. It wasn't till I was in my 60s, 65, that uh, I was encouraged to go to church by my uh, daughter-in-law, who is now a vicar. Um, and I said, when she asked me, I said, well, when I'm ready, I will go. And uh, the time came when I was ready. After maybe uh, probably two or three weeks, maybe a month, we realized, or I realized anyway, what I'd been missing. The the peace of mind, uh, the help that I've been able to give to other people, which I didn't realize I was able to do before, uh, really, really struck home. Uh, the unfortunate thing is that I've now got to a place where I'm a little bit limited to what I can do, but even that little bit makes a difference. The church for us has given us a uh, a place where we can take people like the over 65s mill that the church does. We, uh, we know the mill's about to take place. Uh, we're skipping about and asking our friends, would you like to come to St. Michael's uh, for a mill? And they, they look at you a bit sheepishly and think, mm, I don't know, church mill, what, biscuits and tea? And we said, no, it's a, a real proper mill. And uh, when they come down and, you know, sample, they really realise, you know, what, what a good thing the church is doing. They thought the church was just to go and sit down, sing some hymns, 
say your prayers and go back home and forget all about it. No, that's not the case. It gels the community, it brings the community together. The, the church at times is, is virtually full to the brim uh, and really does need to have some extended, you know, uh, facilities. I, I know it's going to be a success and I'm praying it's going to be a success and I hope I'm here when it is a success and uh, if anybody watches this uh, don't know about it come and ask me and, and I'll, I'll run you through it it's marvellous come and enjoy it you can't go wrong you can't lose we, have, we love it my wife and I absolutely smash it yeah I never get sick of watching that, a great story of God at work. And we're called to serve, aren't we, as a church? We're called to be that, to experience that ourselves and to be those that, uh, that demonstrate it by example with others. And so I would say take the opportunity in the coming months to get stuck into serving, whether it's uh, the Heart of the Community Project, whether it's the Noise Weekend, whether it's helping with the preschool and nursery work that's being done over the May bank holiday uh, whether it's delivering leaflets for the coffee shop, whether it's uh, serving in, uh, in any number of ways, get stuck in. Be eager to serve. And if you're not sure where you might help, ask someone. Don't just wait to be asked. Say, where can, where can I help? Where can I get stuck in? What can I do? And somebody, no doubt, will point you in the right direction. So a church that cares. 1 Peter 5, why don't you take that away and read it in this week up ahead and just see what God does as you take scripture and turn it into action. We're going to pray together now, and I think Alex is going to lead us in our prayers. Let's, let's pray. 